Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. Hi, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This matcha is fucking good. Social dynamics, relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip which comes straight from the YouTube live streams, which you guys can check out every, well, I shouldn't say every, most Fridays over on YouTube at The Bowl. You guys got questions on dating, social dynamics, or relationships, anything in the world of human interaction, I got you covered. Now, if you would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics each and every Friday, well, I got you covered there as well. Every Friday, I hit that Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter, which just goes out to my hardcores and I include anything in the world of social dynamics that I feel like you guys need to know a little bit more about, a whole bunch of exclusives, insights, things that I'm dealing with in in, in this world, in this world of 10,000 things, cool shit, training, nutrition, uh, music, updates, the resources of wisdom. Y- you don't want to be missing out on this free piece of content. So, bodoja.com, put your email in and you'll receive a confirmation email in your inbox. Hit yes on that. If you haven't received it, just check your spam or your junk folder or promotions in Gmail should be there 3 20 p.m every single friday and of course this episode is brought to you by bulldojo.com where you guys can pick up my ebook the crash course to kick ass day game just get your day game sorted it's a quick action guide to get you out there to act as your reference your guide your mentor it is not meant to be used as an armchair theorizer you are meant to go out there and complete a 30-day challenge in tandem with it and it's just going to help you to progress much further also, by the way, if you do purchase the ebook, make sure you check your inbox within 24 hours afterwards because I pretty much personally message everyone who gets the toolbox with a few extra tips. Next up is the one-on-one Skype coaching. If you want to go a level deeper, this is where we can work on your limiting beliefs, create action plans in your life to get you moving forward, whether it be within dating, physical, mental, purpose, whatever side of the temple you want to angle off of me with, I'm going to be there to help you. Of course, there are the deeper level packages, which is what I refer to as the bowl inside. For my clients that are on the bowl inside, they get access to two things that outsiders don't, which is number one, priority messaging. Within 24 hours, you can message me on WhatsApp and I'm gonna respond to you outside of Australian weekends through my private number. Also, priority session booking. So you're not gonna be worried about having to book your sessions in and have to wait for like two to four weeks. People on the bowl inside get top priority. So with those two extra perks, you gotta be on a package. So all you have to do is hit up boldojo.com. You can see that in the Skype coaching section. There's more details there and we can work out what's gonna suit you best. And taking you to the deepest level of all, the Day Game Foundations Boot Camps. This is for those of you that are looking to take control of your lives, to achieve the freedom of choice in your dating life, to be able to see and attract a beautiful woman anywhere you are and know that you have the confidence to handle that interaction from open qualification investment, close, bring the best of your 50 and just really bust through all the things that have been holding you back sexually or socially speaking. As of recording this, we're currently in February right now. There's a couple good months left in Australia. So if you're around the world, if you're in Australia, hit up me up for inquiries within Australia. Otherwise, you got June, July, August, the uh, other side of the world, summer. We're currently scheduling and planning for that. So if you'd like me to come to your city, whether it be in London, New York, uh, potentially Canada, you know, anywhere around Europe or the US, just send me a message at bulldojo.com in the bootcamp section and we can dive a little bit deeper into that and get more information on it. But please, serious inquiries only. 
And please know that I don't just take absolutely anyone. I will grill you. I will vet you to make sure that you are in the right mental place to undertake what goes on in these boot camps. Now, with all that being said, if you guys would like to support this channel, support this podcast and just keep it going, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, just my full name. Or you can also donate directly through the website, which is just bodojo.com. And in the podcast section at the top, there's a donate, which just goes straight through the website as if you were to, you know, get an ebook or guest carb coaching. So you can donate directly through there as well. And anything that you guys do donate is extremely appreciated and just goes back to everything that I do here at The Bowl. So thank you very much to all of you. And with all the formalities out of the way, let's dive straight into this podcast. Social Q&A, baby. Let's go. Good morning, my friends. Welcome. Social Q&A Lab, uh, episode Sanjuban. We're up on that 30. That's a, uh, that's a bit of a milestone. Today, we're talking about how to handle high-maintenance women. And I got a question on last week's social Q&A about this. There's a bit of context, or a little bit of context about this. But it actually might not take that long to get through this, so I'm very keen to get into a lot of your questions. Uh, so let me just say this right off the bat. When it comes to handling high-maintenance women, what you really need to understand is, is she by nature high-maintenance? Or is she just high maintenance with you? It's two very different things. When you go to a girl that's just high maintenance and that's who she is with every single person, uh, family members, friends, old sexual relationships. Or is she just giving you high maintenance because she senses that you're just this weak shrimp. You're just this shrimp of a beta male that's not willing to stand up by his principles. That is an absolute pushover that will just let anything slide. If you're the type of guy that's just letting anything slide, then... You can't blame a girl for being high maintenance with you. So we're going to start. We're going to dive a little bit into that. I got a question on you. Yeah, holy fuck. Just got a missed call from someone. <laughs> I don't know why I overreacted to that. I guess I'm just not expecting that to pop up on my phone. But I was going to get this comment. <laughs> holy fuck. <laughs> Anyways, hope you guys are well. Let me just address over you in the chat. We got uh, skis up in here saying, yo, good to have you here, Ski. Hope you're well, my man. Infinite Paradox in here saying, hey, true, two sides to a coin, absolutely infinite, absolutely, thank you for being here as well, and also uh, Nicholas was up in this chat well ahead of time, just saying, hey Adam, looking forward to this, Tanoshimi desu, Tanoshimi, uh, last week was just incredible with the stories, yeah, that threesome story, uh, this topic will be interesting for sure, just happened to come by now, we'll listen to this for sure afterwards, keep up the good work bro, with the flame, uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much for that, Nicholas. And if you do happen to come by this later on, just drop a comment uh, in the comment box down below if you have any questions about this session since he can't make it live. I think it's like 3 a.m. where he is anyway. So I appreciate that. Who else we got up in this chat? We got uh, Mason Spateri saying, what's up? Mason, I have to make a direct apology to you. Uh, and actually, I should make this apology to everyone. A lot of your questions don't pop up in the chat or they, you, the YouTube chat here live isn't perfect. And I noticed reviewing one of the social Q&As, I think it was two weeks ago, it might have been three. You dropped a question, yet it just wasn't there in the live session. I didn't get to see it until I came back. So you had a question around, is it worth dating in high school? And even if you weren't in this chat today, when I saw it the other day, I was like, fuck, I should have got that. But I just didn't see it. So if you still have that question, if you want me to address that question today, when it comes time for social Q&A, 
just let me know and uh, and we'll get it. So uh, Ray Singh as well was up in here saying, what's up, Sensei? Ah, life is good. Life is good, Ray. Good to have you here. So for those of you that are new to social Q&A, basically we've got a preloaded question here and we'll get that to begin with. It shouldn't take too long. I say that. I say that, but it shouldn't take too long. And then we'll get your questions on anything social dynamics, dating or relationship wise. You just drop it in the chat box down below. If you would like to donate to this channel and help support everything that's going on, you can use the super chat function, which will get your question bumped to the top and uh, that'll come first. I'll give my time to that. Of course, not necessary, but it uh, is most appreciated as always. So let's get this guy's question, my friends. Oh, and also, Bowl Sip weekly email newsletter. This week's free social dynamics article is a follow on from last week. It's a part two. It's the masters of construction. Whereas last week was the masters of destruction and overcoming your uh, your deep dark spirals. This is the complete opposite now. This is uh, going to be the light. This is going to be, uh, this is a, it's, a, it's a really good read. It will inspire you to get after life. So you can sign up for free. Get that article at boldojo.com. Just put your email in, get it. And uh, yeah, guided meditation work is going well. That should be coming out real soon. And of course, I've been saying this every week. If you want to be in on that free exclusive gift when the guided meditation eternal energy comes out, you better be signed up to the bowl sip. Uh, there's going to be two gifts, actually. I, I created a new gift this morning. So yeah, excited for that. That's all that's going on. Got a lot of, got a lot of podcasts, joint podcasts. One with Hannah yesterday, one with another guy in Canada this weekend, one with another girl next weekend. So we've got, we've got a lot of work come, coming to be. So let's get, let's get this guy's question. On last week's social Q&A, Superman Tian, clearly a Dragon Ball fan, did not buy that at all, uh, said to me, how do you deal with entitled women more uh, money-hungry women? How do you deal with entitled women who are money-hungry is essentially what he's trying to say. And I hit him back saying, this is a very broad question. Can you be more specific to the situation you are dealing with? And he comes at me, uh, after that saying, they want the guy to pay for them all the time, expect you to pick them up all the time, expect you to go out of the way to drive and pick her up to go to events she wants to go to, but you don't want to go to, and expect you to have a car, uh, in brackets, had times where I was carless, in brackets. And so actually there was more context than I thought it was. I thought it was only a really short reply. That's not bad at all, but it all, it all comes down to the same point, which is this. I said before that you have girls and women by nature that are high maintenance, that are just, they're prima donnas, right? They expect everyone and everything in this world to be waiting on them. And that's just their very nature. Then you have girls that sense that you are the weak shrimp, that you have no backbone. And so all women have the ability to be high maintenance. Make sure this is good. All women have the ability to be high maintenance. This is not something that is uh, like a genetic thing or the, only this type of girl does this. Not all girls have the ability to be high maintenance. And when I think about the girls that I've been sexually involved with, they all have the ability to be high maintenance. And I would be in situations with them where if I got into a social event, if I went to one of their birthdays, one of their friend's birthdays, and I went with them as their date, and I'll see, and I'll always be very keen to observe how they interact with other males and then look at what that type of male is presenting. What type of packages he got? Not physically, but socially. 
Because what you find is that a girl that's, if you are a very direct, congruent, and authentic male, you have strong masculine energy, you don't put up with bullshit, you don't let shit slide, you call up a girl uh, when she's poorly behaving, then she learns through behavior and through repetition that, oh, I can't be high maintenance with this guy. I can't, as this guy has said here, I can't expect him to pay for everything. I can't expect him to drive me everywhere. And because if I even attempt that, well, I know the repercussions. I know the repercussions of that, which is that he either doesn't respond, doesn't, doesn't either via text or calls, doesn't hit me back, or doesn't want to see me anymore. Now, this, this is good. This is good because I talked about the weak shrimp. What's the opposite of that? The weak shrimp is the guy that's just in a place in life who is viewing her on the pedestal, the grand pedestal, which I'm just so lucky to be around her that I'll do anything. I'll fucking do anything. I'll hold her bags. I'll take her to shop for laundry that she's going to be fucking with another guy with. I'll do all these things. And so when this guy says to me, very uh, contextual to him, when he uh, when he's saying how to deal with entitled women that are money hungry, he needs to very tactically ascertain, is this her very nature? Because for sure, there are definitely some women that that is their nature, no matter who they're with, no matter how high level of a male they're with, that's just who they are. Right, And that you often find that those girls and those women, the only men they end up in long-term relationships with are men of the same nature. Because it's not just women. There are high-maintenance men as well. There are guys like this as well. And so those two go, to well, go together well. You go to a high-maintenance girl by nature, she'll often find herself with a man who's high-maintenance by nature. It actually works out pretty harmoniously. But I would say that's like two out of ten. I'd say two out of 10, the type of person that is high maintenance by their nature, which means that, what does that even mean? What it means is that they're extremely self-focused. Their entire perception of reality revolves around them. And actually, I was dealing with a client earlier this week who you could call, and who was a, a guy, who you could call high maintenance, where it's almost hard to believe how to the degree in which people that are high maintenance cannot see beyond themselves it's almost unbelievable shinja and i it's almost unbelievable how they they interpret everything all, all their experiences in life as what this means for them and how it could only have uh have re- uh, meaning for them it's very interesting it's psychologically from a psychological standpoint it's very interesting how some people just have that extreme level of narcissism which is a very large part of high maintenance. So anyways, bring it back here. You need to ascertain Superman Tien. Is this woman high, na- high maintenance by nature? And then, well, then peace out. If you don't like that, peace out. Because this, and this is what I, what I got really excited about before. Because if you're not willing to peace out, that's when you become the weak shrimp. That's when you become that chibisuke. When you become that yawai chibisuke, that weak shrimp in which that, if a girl senses for a moment, because girls will test, women will test, women will test. They will, they will see where's Adam willing to bend here, where's Tien willing to bend here, and if they get, it's like, it's like when you're trying to feel out a real good avocado. When you know an avocado is ripe, all you have to do is just apply a little pressure. You can apply a little pressure. No one, go, no one goes. Uh, it's, it's subtle at first, is what I'm saying here. It's subtle at first. I don't have an avocado on me right now, but imagine I do here. Imagine, imagine this is an avocado, right? When you go to feel out a good avocado, good avo, you don't just 
squeeze the life out of it. Like a woman's not going to test your your masculine frame and your masculine stronghold by trying to squeeze the life out of you by the off the first date saying, okay, you got to pick me up. You got to take me to this restaurant. You got to pay for everything. No, it's, it's not going to be that abrasive. It's not going to be that aggressive. It's going to be far more subtle. It's going to be a small thing. It's going to be like, if it is up on the first day, it sounds like this guy's, uh, it sounds like this guy might, I'm not sure, wouldn't call it a relationship, but it sounds like he's known this girl for a little bit more time. But let's say it's off the get. Let's say it's off a, a day two or a day three. Say, we'll say day two. And you just notice that, oh, the girl, ah, here's a good example. Here's a good example. On a day two, a very good way of ascertaining or just reading when the girl's first test of, hmm, let's test this guy's masculine frame. Let's see what we can get away with a little bit here. Can I be high maintenance with this guy? Is who pays for the first drink? This is a good one. Who pays for the first drink? So let's say it's a day two during the day. You took it to a, a tea bar or a coffee bar. And when it comes time you know, to do your order and to do your pay, it's often a really good... If, you're, if you had questions, like if you thought, it's not something I would consciously do, but it often just happens naturally, which is that when you go to, okay, so I'm going to get this, uh, I'm going to get this censure with a little bit of honey and she, I don't know, she wants like a, a long black or a flat white or whatever it is. And when it comes time to pay, you just pause. Like you just hold the silence where he goes, all right, so that'll be $9.70. You just pause and you see what she does. Now, I've mentioned this a lot of times and it blows my clients' fucking minds. I think I've mentioned this in podcasts before, which is that I don't remember the last time I had to pay for my own green tea on a date. Actually, I do remember the last time. It was with that toxic Russian girl. But before the toxic Russian girl, it had been years. It had been years since I paid for my own green tea. Because what often happens on a day too... Oh, fuck. I didn't realize the charges are not here. Give me a sec. That would have been a that would have been a big chigamas, uh, big mistake. Hold up, let me just get this in. There we go. So as I was saying, there, uh, generally speaking, off of if you've uh, had an incredible interaction with a woman and you really just nailed your shit, making sure we're still live here on YouTube. Yeah, good. Uh, and you really just nailed it. You just had a great interaction. You two really connected. Often the girl is she wants to pay. Like off that first drink, whether it's at a bar or if it's at a cafe. She is like insists, I've had this repeatedly to the point where that statement of, I don't remember the last time when I paid for my own drink, the first one at least, uh, on a day two, barring the toxic Russian girl, which I talked about for, actually, I think it was for Ray, who's up in this chat, who Ray asked me about that. Uh, I told her, I did the whole story on that Russian, that Russian girl. Barring her. Girls insist they won't let me. They won't let me pay for the drink because, well, this guy's done so much. He's done so much already. He had the balls to come up to me on the street. He had the ball. He had the savviness in the club to be able to handle me and my friends. So I'll get the first one. And a lot of girls come at this and they go, no, 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 Adam, I'm paying for this. I'm getting this. I'm like, a lot of times I fight the body. You know, I used to fight the body and go, because I was like coming from that gentleman vibe of be like, no, nah, it's like, I'm not paying for your car. Like, just let me get the first one. So now I'm just like, all right, fine. If you would have, you'd pay for the first green tea and coffee. Anyways, we'll come back to the avocado in a second. But this, no, this is the avocado, which is the subtlety. 
a high maintenance girl when it comes time to pay for the first drink or pay for the first uh, tea, coffee or wine or whatever you're having, if you just pause and see, does she reach? Does she reach? Does she reach for that wallet? Does she have a moment of hesitation? Does she insist? This gives you a really good idea of her natural state, of her of her set point. Is she, is she the type of girl who's just naturally high maintenance? If she is, you can tell this very quickly because she's not even going to reach for her wallet. She's not even going to go to offer to say, oh, should we split it? You know, in terms of you guys, just a quick tactic here because your question might be, well, who should really pay for this first drink or this first thing on the, because there shouldn't be a first meal. If you guys are getting your date system correct, it shouldn't be a meal you guys have enough first. Unless, unless it's an intense instant date and you guys decide to have some food. But you probably had a drink before that anyway. Maybe they came together. In any case, it should at least be 50-50 at the absolute, I uh, shouldn't say at least, at the absolute maximum, 50-50. Right? If a, uh, if a girl expects you to pay for her off a of day two, that's, that's extremely high maintenance. And listen... There has to be some extreme circumstances for why you would permit that, why you would allow that. Because that's, uh, that's not the type of person you want to be with. Like, of your friends, of your friends, of the people you actually enjoy being with, how many of them would you let that slide with? None. I don't, none. Un- unless it's like you guys have that arrangement, which I know a lot of the guys in the US do. I found this is a bit of a culture shift between Australia and the US is that in the US, people often say, oh, I'll, I'll get it this time. I'll get it this time. And they'll just pay for everything that time. But then it's like mutually understood that you'll get it next time. It's like, I get it this time. I'll get our drinks this time. You get it next time. That's a bit of a different thing. But anyways, I was talking about the avocado before. When you go to test an avocado, it's subtle. You don't just fucking try to crush it immediately. You, you just apply a little pressure here and there. And a woman will do this with you to see if she can get away of her high maintenance, she'll apply a little bit of pressure. She'll see if she can get you to take her, I don't know, she's got to go to a friend's place or she's, her and her friends are going to this festival and she needs to lift in, but you're not going. But she goes, hey, hey, uh, hey, Tian, you free this Saturday? And he's like, and see what, it's a very slippery slope. It's a very slippery slope. It's actually going to be more subtle with that to begin with. It's because that's actually a slightly bigger move. Through what I'm trying to paint for you here is that through repetition, through showing, through a woman applying a little pressure here and there, will he bend? Will he? Is he soft here? Is he soft there? Is he ripe for me to be high maintenance with? Put that down because that's that's too comforting for me to play with. Uh, through that repeated applied pressure and where you bend and you do get a little soft with her, where you will drive her there, where you will pay for something that you really didn't need to, you really shouldn't have that she starts to learn, ah, ah, this is this type of guy. Because this is, this is where it all comes down to. From the woman's perspective, she has in her sexual realm two categories of men. I should really say two categories of guys. She has two categories of guys. One category on the left, sexual potential. A much, much larger category on the right, non-sexual potential and that's how a woman is going to filter and treat and uh, align her behavior you can almost say dish out her behavior amongst the two different groups that with 
the men she is put into sexual potential group, she treats them very differently. She is not going to be high maintenance with them, barring, of course, the nuance that she's not a high maintenance woman by default, <coughs> by nature. And I'll stop saying that nuance now because it ruins. You get that. You get what I'm saying now. We're talking about girls that are not high maintenance by nature. Of their sexual potential men, they will not be high maintenance with because they know that they can't get away with that. If a girl tries to do that with me, then she knows she's going to get dropped. She's not going to get responses from me. She's not going to uh, get out on dates with me. She's not going to get uh, that oxygen, so to speak. So she's not going to do that. And she's knowing this through repetition, that all men of direct, congruent, authentic principles that are strong, that don't put up with that shit, that if a girl says to them, can you drive me here? Can you pay for this? When it's just not called for. And she's saying that when, oh, well, when I do that with guys that are strong, they drop me. They drop me. Because why would a guy who's strong drop me? How could he drop me? Because he has the confidence that he could go meet someone else. And that is probably, if not the differentiating factor between sexual potential men and non-sexually potential men, is that one factor. And I talk about this all the fucking time, which is, do you have the confidence that you could meet someone else? Because with that confidence, and you could just summarize that up as, as a prosperity mindset, as a virtuous, abundant, prosperous mindset in which that I'm confident within myself, confident within my skill set. I don't have to put up with the bullshit of a high maintenance girl or a girl who's just avocadoing me, who's not high maintenance by nature, but is just applying a little pressure, see what she can get away with, right? And hey, I'm, I'm not mad at women for doing that because they have to find out somehow. A woman has to find out somehow. This is just one way. This is just one way. It's a, it's a, almost a, it's a different species of shit test. Her high maintenance testing is just a different species of the uh, different breed of shit testing. It is a test though. And so with all the men that, all the guys, I should say, all the boys who are categorized as not sexually potential, they, none of, this is the common factor among all of them. The reason why they give in to her is because they do not believe that they could meet another woman, that they could go out on the street, in the clubs, social circles, and bring, and bring in someone new. So they must latch on. They must attach. They must bend. They must get soft. They must turn ripe and alleviate, uh, bend, bend the knee. It's bending the knee to this high maintenance nature. <clears throat> it's a good one actually bending the knee they all bend the knee they will bend the knee because they're just not confident that they could uh they could stand on their own two feet they need this woman they need her it's an attachment it's an attachment to neediness and so that's all you really need to look at here Tien. that's what i would ask if you were one of my clients looking at your message here because i want to start to get to q a now because that's really all i need to say on this uh so you guys can start dropping your questions down below also if you're enjoying this content Make sure you hit that thumbs up down below. Help support this channel. Uh, just looking at his message here, wrapping it up. It's just all it comes down to. What are you, what are you willing and not willing to accept? If you are willing to accept a woman's high maintenance nature, as in that's just who she is as a person. All right, all right, that's who you are. But that's not that many women. Most girls aren't like that. Right, that's maybe two out of ten of the eight out of ten who will just test you to see if you're weak, to see if you have frame, to see if you have strength and have a strong frame. 
you're going to have to show. You have to show that you don't, that you actually have backbone, that you're not going to bend. And through that showing of backbone and strength, well, then you now give her a reason to take you from non-sexual potential to sexual potential. But if you fail on these tests, and if you bend on these tests, then it's, it's almost too easy. It's almost too easy for a woman because it's very, very clear. And you see this... You see this nature of testing and passing tests amongst and throughout the entire interaction from the moment you meet a woman through uh, just through qualification off the bat, a woman can tell whether this guy has a backbone or not. If you don't have the ability to qualify and to be able to just speak your mind, light her up, disagree with her, challenge and tease at the beginning of an interaction, well, you're already not sexually, have no sexual potential. But then maybe some guys are okay with that. Maybe Tian's okay with that because he's talking a little bit later on. Potentially, I'm, I'm willing. I'm, 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 uh, I'm hesitant to say that he's getting on dates with these girls. It's just because I'm, I'm not sure. But even if he was getting on dates with these girls and then he bends, well, then then and then it pops up. Then and that happens with a lot of guys as well. Actually, they can be good throughout the interaction, but the initial interaction. But then when they get on the actual day two or the day three. They they lose all their principles. They they break their frame. Is it because they're getting closer towards sex? For a lot of guys, yeah. For a lot of guys, as they get closer towards sex, and based on their, uh, it's always based on your current state, your state of sexual opportunity. If your current state of sexual opportunity is that of it's a dry lake, it's just barren, that it's very likely that when you start to get close to that spring. Yeah, close to that wellspring of hey, sexual opportunities coming up. You start to do weird things. You start to become weird. You, you, you bend. You will, and you become a person that you are. Uh, you didn't think you were, and that's just what happens as a net, as a necessary byproduct or as a reflective byproduct of your state of lack. And so it's it's almost a, it's it's a very much a case of the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. As you are poor in sexual opportunity, you're only more likely to execute poor behavior because of your poor nature, because of your poor state. So it's only, it's, it's such a, it's such a brutal thing. It's such a brutal thing that guys that often find themselves getting taken advantage of by women, uh, through this high maintenance thing. I just, and they just find that the, the sole reason for it, the reason why they get taken advantage of is because they're not willing to say to the woman that this is not acceptable. But the reason why they're not willing to say this is not acceptable is because they do not have the self-confidence and power to go out and meet a different woman. So they never would. So as you can see, it's this just, it's a snake eating its own tail. It's this self-reinforcing and self-fulfilling perpetuated nature in which that the poorer just get poorer. The weak guys, the weak shrimps, the Yawai Chibiskes, they only get weaker. They only get weaker because they are weak. Do you know what I'm saying? That's, it's, it's very painful. So maybe you guys might be thinking, well, that's all well and good, Adam. We get that. It's, it's not looking good, though, is it? <laughs> it's not looking good. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's definitely not looking good. So how would one, uh, so what do you say? Just give up? Just give up on life? That's going to be next week's article. <clears throat> and the bowl sit. 
should you just give up on life? So should someone who is just this weak beta male shrimp just give up on life? Because I'm hearing what you're saying, Adam, and just the poorer get poorer, so I'm only going to get poorer. And I'm like, yes, that option is there, of course. You could just give up on life and you could just resign to a life of mediocrity. That option is readily available for you. However, there is always another option. The poorer get poorer as long as they maintain their poor state and poor nature and poor behavior. But the moment someone of that nature decides to act the complete opposite, their entire perception of reality is then profit to change. The way that they act and behave, and then of course, the way that you act and behave within yourself will then become eventually reflected in your external relationships as well. It's just what's going to be that tick? What's going to be that as Stephen Covey made famous, that paradigm shift. What's going to be the carrot? What's going to be that carrot that's going to get you to operate in a different way? That's what my, that's what my work's about. That's what my, my videos are about. That's what uh, this entire genre and realm of self-improvement, self-cultivation is all about, is getting people who are currently in the midst of weak beta male behavior and just shrimp behavior and showing them there's another way. Because as long as you perpetuate your momentum of allowing girls to walk all over you, allowing girls to 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 pedestal to take the light of pedestaling, and so that you act to serve that, to serve them and to serve that purpose. As long as you perpetuate that, you'll always be in that. But it's it's quite an interesting thing that the moment you take that lens off or you stop viewing life that way and you stop acting that way and you start acting in the opposite way, it's just amazing how things change. And it's not just sexually as well. It's in all your relationships. It's in all your relationships, in your family relationships, your business relationships, the relationship you have with yourself. You know, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And that's a, uh, that's a quote of Wayne Dyer. <clears throat> My favorite quote by Wayne. So, uh, so to Tien here, if he's fed up with it, good. Start acting differently. Start acting differently. Go back to what I've uh, inspired here. And it's very simple. You just don't put up with it. You don't put up with it. You don't, how to handle women who are entitled and are high maintenance, you don't allow it to be. You don't, you don't show them that it's okay. But you also can't get mad at them if you're showing them that it is okay. So that's all I'm going to say now. We're going to wrap that up right there in a nice timely fashion. <coughs> I'm going to get to you guys' questions. So if you guys are just hopping in on this live stream, we are now diving into the social Q&A section. Any questions you guys have on dating, social dynamics, or relationships, just drop them in the comment box down below. If you would like to donate to this channel, get your question bumped off its top, super chat option is available. Otherwise, I'll take them chronologically. And uh, yeah, let's fucking do it. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, yeah, see. Okay, so following on right here. Who's the first question? Oh, Mason said, can't stay too long. Got online schooling. Ah, all good. All good. Okay, Mason. So I'm going to answer your question, even though it's not in the chat box, because I accidentally missed it last time. I'll cover a few here. Mason had asked, uh, for those of you that are just joining in now, Mason had asked, he's a younger guy. He's only 15, I think. Uh, COVID situations, they were doing their online schooling. 
Man, 15 years old, that brings back some memories. Brings back some memories from last week as well. Uh, if you did, Mason, if you didn't watch last week's uh, threesome podcast, you might be interested because it was roughly around the age you're at right now. So so Mason asked a question, he's, he's not in right now, but about is it worth dating? Is it worth dating in high school? And my, my unequivocal, no question about it, question, answer to that is yes. Yes, 100%. There's there's a there's a more important thing though. Is it worth getting into long term distant relationships? Probably not. Probably not. That's the one thing I'll rule out. If you're in high school, don't be getting into distance because you need exposure. You need physical contact. I don't. I don't need. I don't need. If I've got a 15 year old brother, if Mason's my younger 15-year-old brother, I don't need him getting into a relationship with a girl who's in fucking Northern Territory right now if he's in Adelaide, South Australia. I don't need him being in Perth, Western Australia, getting into a long distance on the Skype phone call, on the fucking Snapchat and Skype and all those things and FaceTime relationship with a girl who's in Queensland. It's just, it's, your life is, at 15, if you're in high school, so let's say, uh, I think Mason's in Victoria, so high school for him starts in year seven. But in South Australia, high school starts in year eight down here in South Australia. So whatever. Let's say that you're 13 years old, 12, 12, 12, 12 to 18 in high school. I don't, you don't, you need physical exposure. You need to be learning because at that stage, what's more important for you, Mason, is not so much about whether you're you lost your virginity yet or whether you're having frequent sexual contact immediately physically what's most important as a younger dude as a younger guy in high school in the dating realm is that he just gets used to cold exposure of feminine energy <clears throat> we're gonna dive in on this we might dive in on this i reckon we will mason i know you're very new to my content and i said i mentioned this quite heavily in last week's podcast around the threesome high school story, which is that that happened pre-Adam nosediving his social dynamics and why I had to learn cold, cold, cold approach. Now, I didn't tell the story within that podcast because it wasn't relevant as to the nosedive. Like, what happened? Like, what happened? I had to skip over that because it wasn't relevant. I had so much more to get through. But, but part of the biggest mistake I made in high school was that in one of my long-term relationships... That actually, that long-term relationship with that girl, just much later on after the threesome experience, that I made a critical mistake. There was two critical mistakes. Number one, I got attached to the health and wellness lifestyle in which that I stopped going out and I was not, I didn't go to any social gatherings. When my friends were having parties, when, and because in that time, I'm roughly 16 years old, that's when house parties start to happen when parents aren't there anymore. But because I had discovered and fallen in love with the gym and the entire bodybuilding and health lifestyle, I didn't want to go out. I didn't, I didn't want to sacrifice any sleep, any, any, any ability to recover, nothing like this. I, 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 as I said to you guys, I've never really ever drunk. Like I've never been into alcohol. I've had, a, I, had my, I had an absolute bender when I was 13 years old. Uh, and just, it was, uh, I didn't even really kind of lose it though. I've always been good with alcohol when I have had it. But like the really the only time I've ever really drank alcohol was when I was 13 years old. And that was at a gathering with my girlfriend then at the time and a few other friends. 
and uh, his older sister got us a bottle of vodka and we were doing shots. Fuck, it was... Re- eh, never again. Never. The, the feeling of your first shot of just straight vodka that oh, is so bad. Anyways, anyways, like... So anyways, I, that's why with the alcohol thing, but it was more from the health and fitness lifestyle initially why I didn't want to drink. But that happened at 16. So my attachment to the gym meant that I started saying to my friends at high school... Now nah, I'm not going to go to these parties. I don't want to go to these parties. And they get really angry at me. Now, I've mentioned this many times. My OGs will know this story. So I'm just going to abbreviate it. I don't I want to get too long-winded with it. But the reason why that's such a huge mistake for your social dynamic development is, well, throughout all of high school, what are the girls that you are exposed to? The girls within your high school. And maybe if you are of a high-level athlete and you have clubs, so outdoor clubs, outside of your school sport, you might meet some girls through the club the club scene, maybe, right? But that, that's your exposure to, to girls you don't know, attractive girls you don't know. It's very few and far between. So when social gatherings start to happen at your age, Mason, when that shit starts to happen, that's your first real opportunity to start a cold approach. Now, it's not real cold approach. It's a lukewarm approach. So if you go to, if your mate Luke is holding a social gathering and maybe he's got, he knows a girl from primary school that's going to fucking St. Peter's girls and he goes to St. Peter's boys. And so they're going to get some of the St. Peter's girls old. They're all going to come. She's going to bring 10 friends and whatnot. You're going to have this party up. Well, that's 10 new girls you had no idea about. You previously had no access to. But if you're not going to that social gathering because you decide health or wellness, I'm not going to go. I'm, I, don't, I can't be out. I'm going to go to gym the next morning. And you missed out on those opportunities. Well, that's a that's you've you've just locked off all of your dating opportunity, all your sexual social development on a psychological level. Because I mentioned before, it's not so I'm not so concerned with my 15 year old brother uh, losing his virginity yet, or getting the uh, getting his PPM, getting his pumps permitted in yet. Right, that's got to cut. That's there's going to be he's got many years of life to get that through. What I'm more concerned with is him learning the sexual dance between masculine and feminine energy from the moment his testosterone starts flowing, which is about 13. You know, some guys a little bit later on, late bloomers, 15, 16, but, you know, on the onset, about 13 or so. I want him learning about that from the beginning. So his first opportunity for that, obviously he's got his girls at high school, but yeah, you're in COVID right now. You're in COVID right now, so that makes it even worse. I don't want to make things specific to covid for your question here, though, because it's going to be, we're going to be over this shit within six months. So let's just take it that you are going to physical buildings and physical schools. Yeah, you got you got your girls that at high school, and if you're at a reasonably large high school, you got a good span between thirteen to eighteen year old girls. Yeah, that's good, but but you still, it's the same girls. It's the same girls. You know, you might get a, a transition student every now and again, but it's the same girls. But you can, you can go to social gatherings. You can go to house parties. You can go to beach events. You can go to the fucking Aussie Day barbecue. You can go to everyone's getting together for whatever this, that, etc. This premiere of that or that that food market event. But you got all these different events. All of a sudden, start to pop up when you hit around your age, fifteen, sixteen, where people start getting a bit, getting a bit loose, getting a bit loose, and alcohol starts getting introduced as well, and the removal of parents is now a big thing as well this is the prime time 
for you to not necessarily be getting, this is why I said, I don't need you getting into long distance relationships because you're going to start to block off. Now I mentioned there was a part two mistake. So part one to summarize it, don't get attached to anything right now that would preclude you and give you an easy reason to say no to a social gathering. At your stage of development right now, you need to be saying yes as often as possible. If I had a 15-year-old son right now, fit on your younger brother, and he says to me, you know, maybe there's like opportunities four times a month, once every week, maybe even less to be going to some form of social gathering, but it's going to be on a Saturday night, it's going to be on a Friday night. What I'm saying is take that night off. Forget homework, forget your assignments, you're prepping prepping for an exam, fuck it, all right? At your stage of life right now, it is not such a bad trade-off, it is not such a bad investment for you to say, well, I'll sacrifice one night of my health and fitness and, and schoolwork and homework and whatever the other shit I'm doing, even if, let's say right now that Mason's been inspired, maybe, maybe Mason's starting to get into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And maybe say, uh, he's got, there's, there's a, if, if I just take the schedule we have now, there's often open mat rolling on Saturday. Uh, Saturday morning, there's a session, but there's a Saturday afternoon session as well, but maybe he can't make Saturday afternoon session because, I don't know, he's got, he's got to do his homework, he's got to prep for exams or whatever, but there's a gathering on Friday night, but he knows he's going to be fucked if he goes to that for the, he won't be able to roll effectively on Saturday morning Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Well, what I'm saying as his either older brother or father is at your stage in life, it is your social development is more important than anything else. Your your academic development is a process for life. You, 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 people in high school, they get into this myopic way of thinking and it's not your fault. It's the way that society herds you. It's the way that teachers talk to you that this from year eight to year 12, at least in South Australia, that this next five years of your high schooling determines the rest of your life. Now, that may have been the case when I was in high school, but barely. I was the last year of that. Anyone who was born in 1993, 1993 and older, uh, young, well, I should say younger, so 94s, 93 and above, moving forward. From anyone who was born from 93 moving forward, that narrative of high school determines the rest of your life, that's out the window. That's that's just, it's just uh, the advent of social media and the internet completely obliterated that. But anyone pre that, that narrative did apply to. So if you were, if, if when I was in year eight, anyone who was in year nine, 10, 11, or 12, and especially going well back towards my parents' age, high school was everything. If you didn't, if you didn't have education, or at least that formal, you didn't do well in school. You know, people thought you were an absolute dropout, an absolute dropkick, and it was a lot harder to get opportunity. But now, because of the internet, everyone has opportunity. You know, I, I've told you, I told you about that guy. I told you about that gold mining tycoon that I sat next to on a plane. He was only like 20 or 21, but he was an absolute, he, he was a self-admitted dropkick. Yet when I was on this plane on to, on my, on the, when I was uh, coaching boot camps in New York last year, it was on the plane ride home or no, no, on, on, on the way. 
or is he on the, on the way or on the way home? Whatever. But I was sitting next to him, and we sat there for the entire uh, 14 hour, 14 hour leg, and he just told me about his just how bad he was at school. But now he's uh, involved in venture capital and is traveling around the world making uh, gold mining deals and shit. So, anyways, anyways, that guy, if that guy can do it, anyone can fucking do it. You know what I'm saying? So, what the reason why I went on that rant, bringing it back here for Mason, is that your social development, there is a window for that. <clears throat> there is a window for your social development. And you do not want to make the same mistakes that I made, which was, Getting into something that precludes and gives you an easy out to say no to social gatherings, which is your opportunity to further your social development. If you got jizz, you got jujits on Saturday morning, do not say no to the house party that your friends are having on Friday night where there's going to be a whole bunch of girls that are coming in that you previously didn't have access to. Forsake these the Saturday morning Brazil jiu-jitsu or be willing to have lesser performance. You still go, still go to your jiu-jitsu on Saturday morning. Just, just recognize that you're probably going to get tapped out a little bit more than average. You know, take that knock, take that knock because those house parties that you can, that you're getting access to right now, that social development you have right now. If you don't take those opportunities right now, you're going to end up like I, like I did from 17 to 19, and you're going to end up like most of my clients. Right, you're going to end up like most of my clients that are virgins at 22, virgins at 25, virgins at 27, virgins at 30. You're going to end up like one of those because they forsaked their social development in lieu and in preference of their academic academic development and in preference of their work development. And it seemed like a good idea at the time. And I've addressed this many times in many different podcasts. It seems like a good idea at the time to go, no, I'm just going to focus on my studies. Prepare, prepare for my exams and but it's like it's like in the short term because that's what everyone's telling you that's what your parents are telling you that's what your teachers are telling you that you've got to get the 90 you've got to get the 95 you've got to get the straight A's you've got to get your ATAR and otherwise you're not going to get into this course well how about this my friends how about this one of my best mates he he didn't even get his SACE now for those of you that are that's the South Australian Certificate of Education that's what you've got to get that's your baseline pass of high school. I don't know what the fuck it's called in America or anywhere else. In in uh, Victoria, it's your uh, what what is it in Victoria? Your VCE? I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, it's your 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 certificate that you passed high school. You did the absolute minimum to pass, which is straight C's. I got a friend who a very close friend of mine who didn't even get his SACE. In year 12, <coughs> he didn't even turn in his final assignments, which would have got him his SACE, because that's how much, how little of a fuck he gave about uh, school, right? Now, after that, I want to fast forward a few years. It's probably been about, oh, how old is he now? It's probably been about five years since then. And so he's now studying clinical psychology at one of the best unis in, in South Australia. He didn't even get his SACE. He didn't even complete his SACE. Now, he's a younger guy as well. He's, not, he's a lot younger than me. So he's in a similar age demographic, uh, younger demographic. And so what I'm saying here, my friend, is that I just want to wrap this point because I think it's really important for younger guys and girls, is that it's not the end of the world 
if you didn't get the ASAR that you wanted or the, the end of uh, high school score that you wanted, there are other ways to get in the courses that you want to get into. There are So how did he get into clinical psychology without, uh, without even having a baseline says? Well, there are back ways of doing it. There are other tests. There are tests that you can take that get you into lesser courses. You can do a year in a in a undergraduate course that gets a, pre, a few prerequisites that would get you if you complete those for a year that sideway you sideline you to get into the clinical psychology in the next year. So what I'm saying here is that it's not such a bad thing. Like what? Let me bring this back here. What if instead of maybe instead of spending every waking moment to try and get a 93 you sacrificed a couple hours a week and to go out and work on your social dynamics and maybe you only get an 85 or an 87 at the end of a year but but and so you don't get directly into your course but maybe you go take a year and you do some prerequisites in another course which then allow you to get into the course you wanted to get into but you come out of high school with actual social development, where you come out with a fully formed social skill set. That, to me, is more important than anything else in the world. I tell you guys now, I'm 26. I'm almost 27. When I look at the most successful people I've met that I've learned from, they are not necessarily the most academically gifted and well-tuitioned. Uh, right? No, there's the most... The most successful people I know and that I've had the privilege of learning from are the people that know people. There's one commonality amongst the most successful people that I've had the pleasure of learning from either directly or indirectly, and it's that they understand human behavior. They understand human behavior. If you, there's a really great book on this uh, by Robert Kiyosaki uh, called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that's it's a really good example of this. And... Which is, and I remember, how about this? How about fucking this? You fucking love this, Mason. Which is, my oldest stepbrother, shout out to Kai. He is an extremely accomplished doctor. He he was like top 1% of his graduating year in the country back in his year. Like when you look at the, the end of year rankings, you can never get a 100 because you can't beat yourself. But you can get like a 99.97 or 99.98, whatever it works out to, if you take out yourself out of the Australian ranking. But he was that. He was equal. He was pretty much equal first amongst a couple other people. So he graduated. Uh, no, no, yeah. And so he graduated high school with that highest of the highest rankings, you know, the absolute honors out of Melbourne Grammar. Melbourne Boys Grammar. Shout out to anybody in Victoria who knows that school, right? It's the preppiest of the preppiest schools. It's where the, the just, 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 for those of you in the US, it's like, it's, I don't know, it's like the Harvard High School, if you want to talk about like that Australian rankings. If you, if you want to be a doctor, if you want to be the best of the best, you go to Melbourne Grammar. So anyways, he graduated with that. He went straight into medicine. Now, he told me a story when I was in high school, because he's a lot older than me. He told me a story when I was in high school, which was this. Because I asked him. I remember me and my brother used to go and see, go and visit him in Victoria. And I remember being in Melbourne Central. We're getting a slice of pizza. And I remember saying to Kai, he was already a, a working in the emergency. He was already an uh, emergency doctor working in the ICU. 
And I remember asking him how much he gets paid. And it was uh, he was only in his first couple years, I think, of being an actual doctor. And he said to me before he told me how much he gets paid, he said to me, it doesn't matter, Adam. He said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you get paid. You have to love what you do. Because it doesn't matter how much you get paid, you won't be successful if you don't love what you do. And he told me a story about someone he graduated with, another doctor, but a guy who ranked higher than him. That's right. <clears throat> he was he was like the he was the number one. Like of the number one, like the equal firsts, like he was like the guy that was above them in terms of like I don't know how they they measured that, but he told me that amongst all of us that graduated with honors and were in that 99.99 percentile, he was the highest of that percentile. But he had no social skills. None. And he told me this. He went, I remember, I can still see the conversation. I can still see the bench he was sitting at. And he said to me, so there was this guy. He was the, the very top of the top. And this is the entire country. The entire country. And he went into medicine as well. We all, we, me and a few of these other guys went into medicine. And he didn't get hired. We all sat for the same interview, for the same positions at uh, the Royal Alfred. He didn't get hired. And I remember sitting there, listening to him and go, but he was the best. He was the best, right? He's like, yeah, he was the best academically, but he had no social acuity at all. He had no social skills at all. So even though he dedicated more time to study than all of us, and we all were like, we're all nerds. He said, we're all nerds. And kind of, Ikai would have fully acknowledged. Said, we're all nerds. Like to get... To get those type of scores, to finish high school with those type of scores, you've got to be de- dedicating every waking moment uh, to school. But this guy dedicated more than anyone else. And so he got the highest score and yet did not get hired by the hospital and did not get taken on. And I'm like, how could this be? How could this be? How could you dedicate all of your high school years going to no social development? No, so that means no girlfriends. He's for sure a virgin, right? No, no social gatherings, none of this. Just no pleasure in that sense. No development in that sense. No learning in that sense. And so you dedicate all your time and all your life and you get the number one score in the entire country and you don't get hired at the end. At least in that initial round of interviews, you didn't get hired. But guys who are way, way less uh, academically acute as you did get hired, how would you feel? How would you feel? And Kai said the reason why is because he couldn't, he's, he didn't know people. He couldn't relate to people. He didn't know how to interact with people. And so he told me that. And the part of the, and I really, I really just asked Kai. Uh, about his how much he gets paid because I was about to I was to give going to veterinary medicine, and and so he just was steering me away from the whole do things for the money thing, and because he told me like you know he's on, uh, as an initial as an initial doctor you know he's earning a hundred k plus a year for sure, and but back in those days that meant a lot more you know hundred hundred k today is not the same as a hundred k when I was in high school, um, a year as an entry doctor, but what he made made sure to tell me. Was that? But listen, Adam. When I was doing my placement uh, as a doctor, I was working. I was working fifty-hour shifts, getting paid nothing. I was working fifty-hour shifts, getting paid nothing, because I loved it. Anyways, that's getting off on side tangents here. 
All I wanted to pay now for Mason was that he asked me, is it worth dating in high school? And what I'm saying is that what is worth more so than just dating because it's very broad, what it's worth to you is developing human dynamics, social dynamics, learn to interact with people, go to these house Go to these house parties, not just to get with the biddies, but to learn about learn about the biddies who get with other guys. Interact with, get to see the type of behavior that attracts women. Get to see the type of behavior that turns women off. Get, get to have your own direct one-on-one experiences with these girls, for sure. But it's like, it's, it's a full 360 365 type development mentality the whole way around because that is actually the number one skill you will need coming out of high school. The number one skill you need coming out of high school is how to read people, how to understand what people want, how to give it to them, how to understand what people need, how to give it to them, how to to persuade people, how to be a person of influence because you can be, you can lack uh, skill... How about this? From my own experience, as a personal trainer, when I when I came out of my, I did, so I took a, a gap year, come out of high school, did that cruise with the boys and that cruise, that cruise story, which I learned so much on. But when we got back from the cruise, I, I took my gap year and I thought, oh, I'll get qualified as a personal trainer and do some work on the side. Little did I know because it's going to become a career. Anyways, fast forward this. Of my... Of my class at the Australian Institute of Fitness, and I was in a full-time class. So there's there's adults there. There are 30-year-olds there. There are 45-year-olds there. I'm an 18-year-old coming out of high school. I graduated with the honors. I graduated top of the class at AIF. It's considered a course champion. And so which means recognized by all the instructors that you were the best. And what that means is that they write you a letter, like a, a certificate, that gives you a letter of recommendation to any gym that we recommend Adam to get hired above anyone else. So you're guaranteed uh, not just a job, but a job at the best gym anywhere you go within Australia if you have this letter of recommendation from the Australian Institute of Fitness because that's just what it is. And so it's all signed off by all the course uh, course leaders, etc. And so I graduated with that. I also graduated with five five other... Five other people, really good PTs as well, coming out of our course, very um, uh, anatomy and training-wise savvy, right? And we all applied at the same gym. In Adelaide, It was it's Good Life Adelaide City, which is, <coughs> at the time, sorry, it was Fitness First, which is the biggest gym in Australia, literally the physically biggest gym in Australia. It's in this old bank uh, up on King William Street. And it's like multiple, multiple levels. It's a fucking castle, a spaceship we call it. And uh, but very competitive. the The rent, the rent per, the rent per week was three hundred. You're paying three hundred a week just to be a PT there before you even like you have to pay to be there, right? The, that kind of rent you would, for example, to pay. If you were to go to like a smaller gym, you might pay 75 a week, 100 a week, but this is 300 a week. You got to, so basically what he means is that your first 300 of what you're working for, it just comes for you just to be there. So it's a very competitive environment. There's a lot of other PTs there and it's, it's the best gym. It's the best gym because the most people go there and it's the most opportunity to earn money. So anyways, it's giving you the context. 
when I applied for that, five other PTs started with me. And I've told this, this story to my other clients. Five other PTs, so six of us, and that intake, six of us started at the same time. Of the six of us, only two of us remained after the initial three-month intake, the initial three-month period. You get a three-month trial period when you start as a PT, well, at least back in the day, as a good life, as a good lifer. So four of, one of them dropped out within the first two weeks, another, and the other four dropped out within the first three months. There was only two of us that remained. And the, and the girl who remained, she was struggling. She was absolutely struggling. I was the only one that by the end of my first three-month period as a personal trainer had reached my target of 30 sessions a week, and which is, uh, which is what I'd set with my mentor. And listen, if you're doing 30 sessions a week, you're a, you're a successful PT. And so, but everyone else had dropped out. Everyone else had dropped out barring one other girl, and she was only doing 12 to 15 sessions a week, which is barely, barely surviving. And so, yes, yes, I was, I, I was, if, I was definitely, if not as good, better than the rest of them in terms of just my ability, but it wasn't that. <clears throat> It wasn't that that made that that wasn't the defining factor because some of them were actually far more well equipped in terms of intellectually. Some of them were far better at writing programs than me, or far better at remembering anatomy and that type of stuff. But what all of them really lacked was the ability to sell. And what is the ability to sell? The ability to communicate to someone what they need to to show them that you need this and that it is worth this and that. None of the, because this is when I was getting into cold approach. So none of them were willing to put in the hours on the gym floor to cold approach people and to be able to go through these sessions and go through these reps. And so my cold approach was helping my business so much, but it was my ability to relate with people. And I'm, I would have my sessions with my mentor and we would architect ways of, and do every single little thing we could to try and get, to upskill my ability to be able to influence people because that is what she told me was that listen Adam of all the other PTs the established PTs of this gym of all the other PTs here who do you think makes the most money and I'm like uh well based on what you've been teaching me it's not the ones who are the smartest are they she goes no the guy who make the number one PT at this gym <clears throat> male PT at this gym right that guy he is the worst PT he is the worst, like in terms of like actual knowledge and actual abil ability of the body to train the body and train people. He's like, but he is the number one salesman. Even though he he's an average PT by all standards, there are much better PTs at this gym, but none of them are making as much money as he is. He just knows people. He just knows people. He can just sell his ass off. And so you got to learn from him. Now, of course, you want to have the highest ability possible. You want to be as competent as possible, but that's not what's going to. It's it's not what's going to put food on the table. It's not what's going to allow you to to uh, to invest, to make investments, and to invest in your development and to continue continue that line of work, right? If you want to survive. So the reason why I went into these different stories for Mason is to just tell, just to really. Really go in for him in that school, your academic prowess is not as important as your social prowess. The entire, our entire society is built upon 
people, human beings, okay? And even if you want to be a doctor, even if you want to be a lawyer, take that example of my older brother. You can be the number one in the country, and if you don't know how to interact with people, you're not going to get hired. People want to, If people don't want to be around you, people don't want to interact with you, you're not going to get hired. So, so there's that, but as a, as a high schooler, just focus all your... In- Focus a good deal of time. I'm not saying don't do, don't work on your assignments and your prep for your exams. Just if social gatherings come up, take them. Take those opportunities. If an opportunity to get into a long-term relationship pops up, this is the other's mistake I didn't cover before. You can get into a long-term relationship in high school. <clears throat> That's fine. However, there must be an asterisk, a terms and conditions within that long-term relationship in high school, which is this we will still be allowed to go to house parties. While if you want to be monogamous with a girl in high school, that's fine. I'm not saying don't do that. But do not restrict the ability for your girlfriend and you to be able to go to house parties individually. You two still need to learn. You do not want to do anything that would jeopardize your social development in high school, which is everything I did, which is why I even had to go and learn cold approach. You won't have to go and learn cold approach if you don't if you do this correctly, and if you have the right influences, if you learn from the right people, and you are, uh, you just yeah don't make those mistakes. So we went real deep on uh, on Maze and Ed because I don't know, it's, it's it's something I haven't been able to talk about in a long time yet. Uh, we're it's it's very relevant. A lot of you guys that watch my content is very uh, young as well. So my friends, I've just seen that we have our first super chat. So. For those of you that are up in this live stream, thank you for being here. If you're enjoying that content, drop me a thumbs up down below. Help support this channel. We got a we got a five dollar donation, New Zealand don- five New Zealand dollars donation from Ray Singh, who's coming with a question here. I'm so grateful, Ray, and his question now gets bumped to the top. So I do appreciate all the rest of you up in here. I've got about I'd say another 25 minutes, so I answer Ray's question. And if there are time for any other questions, I'll get to those for sure. So, uh, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go. Ray, thank you so much for this $5 super chat. He comes in saying, and by the way, guys, that just all goes to uh, everything that I do here at The Bowl. You know, that that weekly in my newsletter, these guided meditations that are coming out, it just helps support everything I do. So, especially in times like these, I really appreciate it. So, Ray comes in saying, Sensei, how do you understand and conquer the it's girls night? <laughs> it's girls night curveball that women throw your way. Uh, mindset plus tactics. Much love from New Zealand. Hope you're doing well down New Zealand, right? So what's really interesting, Ray, is that I had an awesome podcast uh, with one of my really good friends, Hannah, who's a model I used to work with yesterday. And she actually covered a little bit to do with this. Uh, but I'll get, of course, I'm going to give you my perspective on it now. She actually gave a really good perspective on that, which is that a lot of times when girls go out, they don't go out with the intent of getting laid, which a lot of guys just don't realize. You know, some girls go out because they're just trying to get over a harsh breakup. They're trying to get over uh, a bad thing at work. They're trying to get it, et cetera, et cetera. And so sometimes girls are not receptive to your approach, not because they're not happy with you, but because they just didn't go out with the intention of wanting to meet anyone that night. So... But more specifically to the It's Girls Night, listen, what you want to read is why is she saying this to you? At what stage in the interaction is she saying this to you? Is she saying this to you 
from the very moment you walk up. She's giving you daggers and she says, and you're just like, yo, what's going on, girl? I see you walking up. I want to say, hey, you look good tonight. My name's Adam. And I put out that handshake. <coughs> she doesn't even take that handshake. She doesn't even take it and she goes, uh, yeah, whatever. It's girl's night. And then just, just, just cold, cold, cold ice turtle. It goes ice turtle on you. Well, hey, listen, I'm out. I'm out. It's like, okay, we've read the energy here. This girl is not down to be meeting anyone's ass, so, or at least not me at this stage of the night. This is another very important thing, Ray. A girl's emotional state will flux throughout the night. The same girl you meet at 9 p.m. will be an entirely different person at 1 a.m. Could be. Very much could be. I see this happen again and again. I remember when Matt was still alive. He once went on a trip to Sydney with a whole bunch of different boys. I didn't go on this trip. This was a different group of friends he had. But they were also in the self-development and they were into cold approach as well. I just didn't really. There was just a completely different line of guys. And uh, and so he went on this trip with Sydney, to Sydney. And when he came back from Sydney, he, he did a uh, – they spent like five days there. They, they, they went and did a whole bunch of – uh, day game, but they'll do a lot about it, a lot of night game as well, and they're like sleeping in boxes on the streets and shit because <laughs> they were too stingy. They're they're too uh, catchy to pay for a, a hostel on a couple of these nights. I was like so worried about it when he told me he slept in a wooden box uh, one night in the streets of Sydney. Anyways, we deliberated on this shit. We deliberated, and I don't think we recorded this one. Uh, we actually recorded a lot of podcasts together like just just together which i've never released uh maybe one day maybe one day but anyways we we would sit down and we and we would debrief and we debrief this weekend from sydney and he told me about one night in particular where they're up in this club and from the moment like there's like 10 p.m i think they walked up into this club absolute dime pieces just sitting on the couch off the entry he remember i remember he telling me the story about this one girl this blonde girl absolute dime piece sitting on these couches and so he went straight up to her and he's like, just opened up, just what's going on tonight, girls. <clears throat> Said hi, went to shake the hand, and she was an absolute bitch. She's an absolute bitch. She was just like, who do you think you are? Get the fuck out of my face. And she was like really aggressive. And he's like, oh, okay, all right, so whatever. He leaves. He's like, fine, well, we're not going to put up with that. I'm not going to engage with a girl like this. So goes off. He's like, that's a bit of a rude awakening. Goes off into the rest of the club. Has a pretty good night. He's telling me about, I uh, made out with a few other girls, had some other good connections. <clears throat> His boys are having a good time. But it was several hours later in the night, he comes across this same girl who was an absolute bitch at the beginning. And, and she was with about three or four different friends. <clears throat> and you're thinking, oh, did she completely flip? Not quite. There's a bit more to the story. He happens to open, well, reopen her friends who happen to be in much better emotional state than she was. So he's, in, he's interacting with the brunette. I remember these colors of these as he's interacting with the girl with the brown hair who was the friend of the bitch that was the blonde. And so they're getting on, like they're having a good time together. And what he starts, and he notices that Adam, the girl that was an absolute bitch to me at the beginning, because I don't know if it was because she just changed her tune when she saw that my friend accepted her, uh, my, that her friend had accepted me, or if she had actually just changed throughout the night. Any, any way, 
she started to get angry now that I wasn't paying attention to her. And I was like, because this is like back in the day when I was, how old was I? 18? 18 or 19? And I didn't have barely any night game experience at all. I'm like, I'm sitting there with popcorn, like trying to understand what's happening here. And he's like, this is so, he's like, this is so amazing out of that, that this girl that hated me at the beginning of the night is now angry that I'm not paying attention to her. It's a complete flip that I'm spending more time with her friend. And so, and so I, and in typical Matt fashion, just gave it straight back to her. Matt did not take any shit when this girl was like, trying to, uh, barge it on their conversation and, you know, be a bit of a, uh, a bit of an attention whore about it all. And he's like calling her out. He's like calling her out. This is like blowing my mind. And he's like, he's like, oh, so you want to come back in now? He's like, oh, so you want back in on this right now? And that was such a typical bad thing to do. He's like, he, he's, he doesn't take shit. He never would take shit. And if you, if a girl was acting up, he'd call it out. So to raise question here, this is what I'm, what I'm saying. I was, when I brought the story up and cause what's actually, actually, I'll finish the story, which is that he ended up like after grilling her and getting her to realize how much of a uh, Barbie doll she was being about everything that, that he eventually like she, when, when she showed that, okay, yeah, I was making mistakes earlier than I, she had kind of become a little more submissive now and, you know, kind of just, you know, repented so to speak you know like okay i fucked up the beginning of the night but i really like to spend some time with you because i see you're an attractive dude and you were my friend and so because she was actually a lot more attractive a lot more attractive than the brunette so matt was like all right all right so come with me he took her by the hand took her back to the couch they ended up having a really wild makeout really passionate makeout and uh <laughs> Matt didn't have any logistics, so the, he didn't pull her. I remember he telling me this, like, but so we, I didn't really take it. We couldn't really take it anywhere out of because uh, I'll sleep in a wooden box that night, <laughs> and yeah, that's why that's why I was so freaked out about it. But so he he, he wasn't able to. He didn't try to pull that girl. Progressed it sexually beyond that heavy makeout, but it just goes to show you that a girl that told him to fuck off at the beginning of the night ended up becoming extremely sexually attractive, and sexually attracted. Now, is it a result of because there was a bit of social proof going on with her friend? Maybe, or was it just a, there's a part of it, but was it also just the fact that it's several hours later and she's had time to acclimate, she's had time to uh, get her beak wet, you know, get throughout the night. It's, I think it's a lot of that as well. And you see this with girls at night particularly. So to raise things of when girls just hit you with that, is girls night as in can you fuck off or can you get a, this is not for you right now. What I would say is if it's off the beginning of an interaction, beginning of an interaction, then just let it be. Let it be and just leave it on a note of that. Don't give her sour. Don't give her sour vibes. If, if you give her sour vibes, you close that door. Like if Matt at the beginning of that night when that girl told him to fuck off had just been like, oh, well, fuck you too, right? Yeah, that door's probably closed for the rest of the night. But if you just go, all right, well, have a good have a good one. Right? That, that's how I leave girls. When when I'm going out at night and I read, meet a girl who's just, she's, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's prickly from the beginning and you're going to be in this venue and it's early in the night. I'm like, okay, that's okay. Have a good night. I always leave things on a good note because you never know what it's going to be like three hours later. You never got, never going to, you just don't know. And you don't want to close doors on people. So do that. Now, what if it's a little bit later on in the interaction? 
What if you've actually been in an interaction with a girl and then maybe you want to start to take her off in isolation? Then she says, hey, it's girls night. Well, then I'm looking to these friends. I'm looking to these friends, get these friends on side. I want their friends, I want her friends to help me out. Because if the reason why she's saying it's girls night and she's being legit about it, because then it's more legit. You know what I'm saying? It's more legit if a girl says to you, if you guys have already been in interaction, you've already been dancing together, or you've already uh, had a really good interaction together, and then you've got, all right, I'll go, of course, of course, we've got to be in the leading mindset. So what's the next best thing I can do? How can I deepen this bubble together? Oh, let's go out to the balcony. Hey, come with me right now. And you take her by the hand and she pulls back on the hand because, oh no, it's, hey, it's girls and I shouldn't leave my girls. And and then what that signals, signals to me is that, oh, well, this is just like, this is just a problem to be solved. This is just like jujitsu. This is just like chess, right? This is just a problem to be solved. So the problem to be solved is if the friends are a problem, let's solve it. So I need to go and make sure that if, if not only get the friends on side of me, make sure they're on side that they trust me. I don't necessarily have to be best friends with them, but as long as they trust me to, to take care of their girlfriend, as long as they're not, as long as there's not one that is an absolute mother hen and is just not going to let this shit go down, which it's pretty hard to get by. You got to have some pretty savvy wings to handle that. Uh, to handle a mother, a mother hen, that's that's why you yeah it's it's hard it's hard on your own. But if you got some savvy wings, you can have them handle the mother hen. For those of you that don't know what there's just a girl that is just oh, she's just not having a good night. She she wants to do everything she can to make sure her friends don't have a good night. Yeah yeah you you see this uh, you see this they often get a bit drunk as well. Anyways, so just get the friends on side. And just, you know, interact with the friends, include them, make sure that they're all part of the good vibe, part of the good energy. Show that your girl that, hey, it's okay. I know it's your girl's night. And uh, and so if that's it, and I'm detached from this anyway. So even after approaching her friends and getting in with her friends and just addressing them and having a good bit of chop with them and, and say like, it's like, well, hey, they really do just want to keep this as it's girl's night and I can't progress this isolation. You shouldn't be attached to that anyway. If that's the case, what I'll be saying to this girl is that, as I, as again, this idea, so maybe we're standing there. I got her, the girl I'm interested in, next to me. I've been addressing her friends in front of me, right? And so there's a bit of loud music playing, and all, all I do is I just turn. I turn to my girl and say, I go into her ear, I pull her by the back of the neck, and I go into the ear, and I say, Listen, it seems like your friends are not too keen for you to leave. And I get it. I get it that you don't want to be that that girl who's, uh, you know, breaking up the friendship circle and breaking up and ruining the night. I, I know it's going to cause a bit of stress for you later on. So hey, listen, I got I got my phone. What's your gram? What's your number? Just pop it in. I hit you up later. Right? I hit you up later because I got to move on. Let that sit. Let that sit. There's two things happening there. Number one, a detachment, 100%, a complete detachment. That because she doesn't want you to leave. If you're at this stage of the, of the interaction, the only reason why she said it's girls' night if it's at this stage of the interaction is because it's legitimately girls' night. And she doesn't want to break that shit up. You've done your best to address the friends. The friends, for some reason in this scenario, are just not keen on it. Whether they don't trust you or whether they just, they're just not in that frame, it's just not the energy for them. 
whatever, whatever the reason is, or there is a mother hen, whatever. If you can just say to a girl, pull her aside and just, or even not pull into her side, just pull her in tight and say, listen, hey, it's been good between us here and now, but I need to move on. So I don't want to break up your friends. I don't want to break you up. I don't want to make, you know, be the wedge between this right here. So uh, let's leave it up on the gram. Let's leave it up on, uh, on your number and we'll reconnect. You know, we'll, we'll get another, we'll get an adventure another time. Add that story, of course. Part one, extreme detachment. It's like, but things were going well, weren't they? That's what goes through her mind. But things were going well. Why don't you just stay with us? And like, no, no. At night, this is one of the biggest mistakes you can make, right? Is that you rest. If you rest, if you show a girl that you are you are willing to just stay at this level of comfort, you're you're willing to just kind of what, what it's re, it's a resignation it's a resignation of like ah oh, well this is as far as it's going to get tonight but it's as good as my night's going to get so fuck it i'll leave it here i'll take what i've been given like i'll take what i've been given that's what you're essentially communicating that turns off attraction you could have been doing everything right you could have been doing everything great up until that point but the moment you show that you're no no longer willing to lead that's it that's it game over as game over at that point and so what's actually most important is that you could actually be doing not so well with a girl and her friends. You might, you could be pretty rough, but if you're always leading, it's the number one most attractive quality. And so that will always give a girl a reason to want to spend more time with you. So coming back to what I was telling you about, you got her by the back of the neck, you whispering in her ear and going, hey, you know, listen, I got to keep, I got to keep moving on. I got to keep moving on. Right? That's going to give her a sense of, oh shit. Oh, fuck, like, because I was actually really interested in him. She would not have mentioned it at this point if she was not interested. So it's going to get her, number one, to question, uh, maybe I could be the wedge here. Maybe, maybe, I sh- maybe I should try to do a harder, better job of communicating to my girlfriends. It's okay, we're just going out to the balcony. And you'll see a girl, you'll see a girl do this. You'll see her do this. When a girl senses that she's about to lose something real good, and the she will then force the issue, and all you had to say was, "Listen, I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving on, because my night's not going to end here. It's been real between you and I. But if we can't progress this right now, then hey, I recognize it's being cool. So, hey, what's your number? What's your gram? We'll get an adventure later on. If not tonight, later on during the week, right?" There's only two things happen as a result of this, right? Either she gets that sense of, oh, something good's been taken away from me. I need to force the issue and make sure that that doesn't get taken away. So she's going to then push on you, push on her friends to make sure this continues. And then you will get to isolate, get to take her out to the balcony. Or she is fine with that and she's fine. She doesn't want to be that wedge. And she goes, all right, okay, no worries. I understand. And that she will uh, exchange details with you on that adventure, on that story. And uh, and then that's and then you leave it there and you move on. This was just really important point there, which is you need to be comfortable with either or. The reason why guys won't do this, the reason why guys won't force that issue and put that on her. Hey, I got to keep moving on tonight. So if you're not willing to come with me right now, this is uh, I've told. Okay, now I've told that story a lot of times. So I'll give you a diff. I'll give you a different example. I'll give you a different example. This is this should be for those of you that are going out at night. I know right now COVID we can't, but for Ray and for all of you that will be going out when when COVID's over, 
This should be a a skill set that you have unconsciously on tap, which is the skill set of I've got to keep moving on. AKA, I don't need you. I don't need you. I would like to spend more time with you, but I don't need you. We're in a club where there's a lot of other girls. Now, this is all of the sub-communication, but it only has to come out in one tactical skill set, which is, hey, it's been cool, but I got to keep moving. I got to keep going on. Right? Even when, when things are going well, when I'm running night game workshops, the beginning of the night, it is only this. It is only teaching clients this, which is we're going to spend from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. in those first two hours in this venue or in the several venues we'll be in that we're just harvesting. We're just getting the lay of the land, right? Uh, for those of you that, <laughs> that have seen Naruto, uh, there's an episode where Shogi, so Shoji, Shogi, Chogi, Chogi, Choji. Whatever, the fat guy. Where the fat guy takes Naruto into, um, to have ramen. And he teaches Naruto how to eat ramen. And it's one of the best. You have to... I, listen, I never recommend... So if you guys can hear that banging. Someone's banging on the walls next door. Uh, what was this? Oh, I never recommend watching anime in dub. Uh, it just ruins it. But if there's one episode you're going to watch in dub, because I didn't know about this uh, back in the day... N- but there's this one episode where I think it's Chogi is is teaching Naruto how to eat a, a bowl of ramen. And it's like, this is how you, you don't just dive in. It's like, you got to get a lay of the land. It's just, it's a great episode. Anyways, it's the same thing when you go out at night. When you're in the, in the beginning, we're just going to lay of the land of this venue. You don't dive in so hard on any one person. You just have a whole bunch of really good interactions which not only counteracts your neediness, but it shows your level of attractiveness to girls in which that, listen, even if you meet some incredibly awesome girls at the beginning of the night, unless they are game changers, like, oh, fuck, this is mother of my children type woman, anything less than that, it's going to be a quick dance, it's going to be a quick drink to the bar, it's going to be, as in water for you, water, right? It's going to be water with you at the bar, it's going to be a quick sit on the couch, Maybe a quick little kiss with kiss on the ch- maybe a little peck, maybe a quick little make out, nothing too intense. And going, well, listen, I gotta keep moving on. Even if it was good, even if there is no it's girls' night, even if there is no apparent wooden wedge, only the only nuance to this piece of advice is if she is it's a game changer and she's you two are just fucking not on on fire together and you're willing to take her out of the venue then and there. If she's not that type of girl, then hey, you got another, you got there's like hundreds of other people here. It's like at least a hundred other people here. Why should I be why would I want to be so attached to this one girl at the beginning of the night or at the beginning of my entry into this venue? And with that, with that indifference to needing it to work out with her, you make yourself so much more attractive. Because you give her that pulling sense of, oh, this guy doesn't need me. When you, t- when you give her that pull, he doesn't need me. Oh, shit, I want him. Right? We always want what we can't have. When you tell a girl that things, when things are going really well, when things are going really well, and you just, you start to hit that peak of that roller coaster, but then all of a sudden, hey, actually, that, I got I to gotta peace out. I got to peace out. I'm, see ya, right? I'm out, right? When you give her that sense, then it's like, 
oh, I want it. It's like, I want it because I can't have it. But if you, if you always, it's almost like if you're trying to drink too much on the same page, you're trying to sip too much on the same page, the girl goes, ah, this guy's got nothing more. He's got nothing more to him. And that this was the extent of his skill set. This was the extent of what he was willing to show me tonight. You never want a girl to feel that. You never want her to feel that this is all that he can give me. Because if you do that, it's like, I've, and I made this mistake so many times. You know, there's so many times. I remember like in Melbourne, I remember this one particular interaction. There's one night going out because when I really learned this lesson big time, which is at ABC's, uh, when you walk in the entry and there's the seated area where you can eat before the club area, before the dance floor anyway. I remember approaching these, this set of, I think it was like three or four, three or four Asian girls. Oh, one was Indian and a couple of Asian, but they were really attractive. I remember just sitting down with them. I had a great interaction with them sitting down. Uh, one of my wings was with me. He was tattling the other two. And I was get, I was going in with this girl. I was going in with the girl that was right by me. And she was lost in my eyes. We we're having a great time. Yet I got, I rested. I rested. I got too comfortable with the fact because I had just entered the venue and I found a girl that I was really connecting with and I just rested and I wasn't leading it. Like I wasn't willing to progress it. And so, and it was actually out of fear because I, she was really attached to her friends and her friends were like, like they weren't so interested in my wing and they were really trying to make sure that the girl that I was with wasn't going to leave them. And so I was sensing that pressure and so instead of being willing to go earlier on and go, well, listen, I've got to keep moving on, but hey, let's just connect here. Got your gram, got your number, we'll get an adventure some other time. Uh, instead of being willing to initiate that quite aggressively off the beginning, I let things drag on way too long. And until the point of where her friends were really starting to communicate like 30 minutes later that they wanted to get going. And I'm like, oh, I missed my opportunity here. What I really should have done was just said to her when I sensed that, okay, she's going to be really hard to take away from her friends. That's okay. There's a hundred other people up in this venue, right? And when things are just getting good with her, cut it there. Go on, move on. You know, that's, these, these are the things that I'm talking about. So Ray, I went deep on you because I really appreciate that super chat. It really helps support everything that we do here. And uh, you'd be very interested in listening to my uh, frequently asked questions uh, with Hannah that's coming out uh, later in the next week. She talks about reading the energy of women and their of their groups particularly. So that was, a, that was quite enlightening. But I really appreciate that, Ray. So my friends, like I said, we're going to wrap up in the next couple of minutes. So what I'm going to do is, because i got to peace out here, I've got a lot of other things to do today, but we've been gone for an hour and a half. I will just dive back, back through the chat. If there's anything I can quickly cover, I will. Otherwise, save it for next time. So if you guys enjoyed that, enjoying this content, just drop that thumbs up down below. Really appreciate it. And also if you're watching this on the podcast, sorry, listening to this on the podcast in post, come back and drop a questions uh, on the video itself because I'll have more time. I can come back later as that guy did, as Superman TN did earlier. So, uh, uh, Nicholas is, it was up in here saying, Louis Sensei, Distracon says how to handle... Jolene Cujo. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, Nicholas is the Bon Jin. Hopefully you're not. Hopefully you're not that ordinary man. Uh, Infinite Paradox says, the avocado is the analogy. Feel it out. Yes, sir. Nicholas comes in saying, there is girls, women that you find that are pro- 
progressing greatly, which is why you want things to happen romantically sexually. Either the YouTubers, streamers, Twitch athletes, or even some sort of celebrity, how would your approach, the thinking and doing be when they are on the internet or just happen to met in person unexpectedly? There is a couple of high quality women like that from Yes Theory community, which would be interesting to meet in person, having things in common or just their level of thinking, a real life experience of your own would be really beneficial. So I think he's trying to talk about how to get with girls that have social presence. The question was very long-winded there, Nicholas. A bit confusing. Um, so just be a man of excellence. Be a man of excellence. Like if you're talking about girls that are excellent themselves, uh, you, you just have to step it up. Step it up. Right? There's, there's, no, there's no getting around it. There's no getting around it. I mean, obviously you're uh, the, the higher quality of the woman, the higher quality of the man that is expected and vice versa. So moving on. Uh, Louis Coeglo, Louis Collegio, I should say, Collegio says, Hey, good to have you here. Uh, Justin Bieraco came in saying, My G, what's, what's good, bro? Hope everything is good. I had this question before, and you said you can answer it in the next. Lol, uh, it's tips for going down on girls slash women, right? Yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned that last week. Uh, so again, that's far too deep. I, I do have to piece out here. Uh, so that's a, um, should we make an entire podcast on that? Yeah. Like that gets stripped. That gets stripped. I've mentioned it many times, but it just, if I, in case I don't get around to it for a while, cause I got a lot of other podcasts coming out, Justin, uh, the number one, the number one tip I would say to you that I could just cover really quickly here when it comes to, uh, going down on girls is, Patience being very slow and building tension that don't go straight to the hole to begin with. Use her legs, use the inside of her legs. Uh, use your tongue to play around there first. Build tension, build excitement. When's it going to come? Then, uh, I'm really, actually, this does require an entire podcast. There is nothing I can cover so quickly. So that's one thing, but also you should understand the Apple theory. It's not even a theory, the Apple technique. You should understand the Apple technique which is the number one way to get a girl to clitoral uh, orgasm is through the apple, sucking the apple. I've mentioned this many times, but I can't des- I can't describe it quickly, but I do have to get going here in the next couple of minutes. So uh, hang on to that. Um, hang on to that. We might even do an actual podcast. I might make that the next social Q&A. I might just make that next social Q&A if a better question doesn't pop up throughout the week. Otherwise, uh, come back next time. Try the next time. Uh, Sal said... Hey, mate, is the grass greener on the, on the other side? That's very broad and very general. I don't know what you're talking about. Is the grass greener on the other side? Depends what you're talking about. Sometimes yes, sometimes not. So uh, thank you, my friends. I do have to – normally I, uh, I I would elaborate a little bit more on some of the questions, but i got to get going here uh, pretty damn quick. So I was trying to like just allow for about an hour and a half on these live chats unless, they, uh, unless I can – unless I know that I haven't got anything afterwards. But today we do. So I really appreciate you guys being here. And if you do have questions that I didn't get uh, to cover right now, you can just drop them in the chat, in the comment box down below afterwards. And I always come back after that. So thank you very much, my friends. Wishing you the best this weekend during COVID. Wishing you all the health and safety for sure. And yeah, I'll catch you guys real soon. A lot of content coming. Much peace and much joy. 
future. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. I'd love to have you in the live sessions, actually. So if you can make it, generally speaking, most Fridays at 10 a.m. Australian Central Daylight Time, which is just Adelaide, South Australia. For the foreseeable future, you can join in on these live sessions and get your questions answered live. The best place to connect with me outside of these podcasts and outside of YouTube is on Instagram, at uitang1, spelt O-O-I-T-A-N-G-1. Slide me any DMs there, personal context. You can also shoot me an email at boldoja.com, which is, of course what this podcast is brought to you by. If you guys would like to pick up my ebook, Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game, book one-on-one Skype coaching, or go for that deeper level, Day Game Foundations Bootcamp, all available to you by boldoja.com. And finally, if you would like to send a little something back and just support this channel, support this podcast and everything that I'm doing here, you can do so by donating through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, or also directly through boldojo.com in the boldojo podcast section there's a donate link right at the top there anything that you guys do send it goes straight back to this channel and everything i'm doing so i really appreciate it thank you very much and this my friends is where i shall leave you until next time on dragon ball no not on dragon ball z (laughs) i wish (laughs) wishing you the best of your lives much peace and much joy